morning. Some people have asked me about the Edward Cooks. They'll be here. Uh, they had a, a work thing that took them out of town, but they're driving back this morning. So they'll be here eventually, God willing. Brother Grady, God has ordained today that you be the one to pray for our church. <laughs> He's been called on at random three times already this morning. And listen, be ready in season and out of season. And always, brother, I, I sense the presence of God, uh, a humility in your prayers, and they bless me again and again. Please turn to Luke chapter 8. Not quite ready for a new study. I told Eric I, I prepared for about 30 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes a sermon on John chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. And I guess I didn't do that because God already had that one covered this morning. Since we just looked at it in Bible study. Luke 8, 1 through 18. And while we're reading this section and thinking about it today, I want you to think about this thought in your mind. Be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. Take care how you hear. The context is in verse uh, chapter 7, there's... Um, a Pharisee invited Jesus over for a meal. And at the meal, we're told that a woman who was, quote, a sinner, came and served Jesus. And she humbled herself. And ladies, think about this. She cleaned his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. Can you imagine humbling yourself in such a way as this? This is a very humble gesture on her part. She kissed his feet. She anointed them with oil. And the Pharisees, upon seeing this, they conclude that Jesus could not be a prophet as people suppose. There is no way a true prophet of God would let this woman, who is a notorious sinner, touch him and minister to him. They're like, what? This dude is not a prophet. Look at what he's allowing her to do. And if you remember, Jesus proved he was a prophet indeed when he told this Pharisee his own thoughts back to him. And he taught him a lesson about love and gratitude. He said that the ones who are forgiven the most love the most. This woman who's a notorious sinner why is she doing this for Jesus? Why is she cleaning his feet with her own hair? Jesus turned toward the woman. This is Luke's, the end of chapter 7. He said, do you see this woman? I entered, speaking to the Pharisee, I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. 
You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. She had many sins, but she is forgiven. That brings us to Luke 18, or um, 8. Let's read that, 1 through 18. Soon afterwards, he went on. So this is right after this party, this dinner party, right after that. Soon after, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Remember I told you, Remember, think about this. Take care how you hear. Verse 9, And when his disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in a time of testing fall away. As for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And as for those in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Verse 16, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. 
For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Verse 1, Jesus went through the cities and villages in that area, proclaiming the good news, bringing news of the kingdom. What kind of news? Well, I think it's very similar to what he just told this woman. Your sins are forgiven. Go, your faith has saved you. That is the good news. By faith, our sins are forgiven. It's the good news. The 12 disciples are with him. Some of the women who Jesus had ministered to in the past were with them. And we're told that Jesus ministered to the poor regularly, and he did, but not to the complete exclusion of those who had anything, right? The, the scripture says here that these women, they had some wealth, right? They are providing for Jesus and the disciples out, the Bible says, quote, out of their means. Out of their means. And Jesus tells the parable. It's a very familiar parable to us. If you can imagine somebody with a seed bag on a belt on their side and they're walking through fields and they're throwing seed as they go and if you think about it you you know they may have overflowed the seed bag at first and some of it is spilling out of the top while they're walking to the place where they actually want to throw the seed and it falls on the road and guess what happens people continue to walk on the road and just step on it and birds fly down and pick it up and the seed never reaches its intended place. Some fell on the path and was trampled and eaten. And the Bible says some of it fell on a rock. You know, you might see some fields that used to, that, that were not good soil for farms. And they systematically go through there over years and decades removing rocks from this field. You know, they'll be plowing along, boom, it hits a rock. They dig it out of there and take it out. Well, while they're scattering the seed, any seed that falls on that rock is not going to make it. It might have a little bit of dirt on top of it, but it's not going to make it. The Bible says that some fell on the rock. There's no root. Some fell among thorns. You've seen this before. Plants that have a briar bush all around it and the plant is alive but barely and definitely not fruitful. And then some fell on good soil. What's good soil? Not too dry, not too wet, has the right type amounts of nitrogen and potassium and whatever else it is depending on the crop that you're growing. Right? These people would be very familiar with farming metaphor, farming ideas, and Jesus is using it. And they understand a sower going in to sow seed, and they understand how these things would happen to the seed. 
but they don't understand the spiritual point. They say, can you explain it? What does it mean? We get it. I can picture all these things happening, but I don't know why it's relevant. Why do you teach this way, Jesus? Why don't you just come out with it? And he said, I do it on purpose. I don't want everyone to know. I want it to be around, but for them not to know exactly. Verse 10, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Jesus explains it further to them, but not to the others. And so he explains it to them. The seed is the word of God. You can imagine this, right? When, when we go and, and interact in the world and meet non-believers and we are salt and light and we tell them, isn't it a beautiful day? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And they might go, yeah, it is a nice day. You know, they might not engage with that spiritual talk at all, but you're scattering your seed. The word of God. When the scripture says that God's word does not come back empty. It accomplishes that which God has intended for it to accomplish. And this is very interesting because as he's explaining it, he says, well, the problem with the first one is the devil came and took it. The seed was there, the word of God was there, but the devil took it so they couldn't believe. And the second one, yeah, they believe, but trials and testing make them fall away. Their, their faith wasn't deep. At a time of testing, they said, never mind, it's too hard, I'm turning back. The thorns issue, to me, this is the, what plagues our country. More than other places, maybe. At least in the moment. They hear, but they're choked by riches. The cares of the world and by pleasures. And are not fruitful. Not fruitful. Time is spent squandered away in things that make no difference, that matter not. How can I make my $375,000 401k become $420,000? They're choked by the riches, cares of this world, which Jesus warned against us to be worldly, to not be worldly. All these that, that don't fall on good soil, there's a reason, right? The devil took it away. It fell on shallow ground. Thorns were there. But at the end of all of it, Jesus says, take care then how you hear. It seems that the problem is how they were hearing. 
And I think this is connected to Brother Eric's lesson from this morning is, and Jesus starts this out, he who has ears, let him hear. What do you mean, he who has ears? We all have ears. Well, but it's possible to have ears, but not listen. You, you have children, you know this to be a fact. And as a former child yourself, you know this to be a fact. You have ears, but you don't always listen. You don't always hear. And you might hear, but you don't think deeply about it. Is that the problem with the seed that fell on the rocky ground? They heard, but they didn't think deeply about it. It was too shallow. Their, their faith was too shallow, too immature. When real trials came, they're like, yeah, never mind which we are encouraged in the scriptures to never do, right? Count the cost before you come. Don't come and then turn back. That's bad, really bad. If you start to plow, don't turn around. It would be better if you never started. Be careful how you hear. The one that fell on the good soil, it says, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Bear fruit with patience. If you've ever planted something, you know it's going to take a minute for you to get some fruit from it, right? I was looking at a strategy for growing strawberries. And they were saying, do this, do this. And anyway, from the point they planted it, and then it said, 88 days later. And I'm like, 88 days? That's too long. I didn't realize it took so long for strawberry. Bear fruit with patience. You might want to be fruitful right away. You know, you can, can you conceive of this? If I planted the strawberries and after three weeks there's no fruit, I'd say, Never mind, these plants are worthless. And I just dig them out of the ground and throw them away. You might, or someone might, look at me and say, that's foolish. You have to wait. Everyone knows it's not going to bear fruit overnight, Brother Bill. Give it some time. Okay, well, what about your faith? Isn't that what this is all talking about? You might not be who you want to be. Well, Bear fruit with patience. And I could ask you some follow-up questions, right? Have you added fertilizer? Do you water your garden? You know what I mean. Do you seek the Lord while he may be found? Do you pray and ask him to help your faith? Do you hold it fast in an honest and good heart? We often lament things that were exactly what you said this morning. The problem is us. The means of grace, isn't the scripture a, a means of grace? You say, I want more grace. I want to be more peaceful in my heart. I want to be more gentle. I want to be less apt to blow up. 
Okay? Have you taken advantage of what God gave you to help? Oh, it never works. I never bear fruit. Jesus said, Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has, will be taken away. This is interesting. At first it sounds harsh. You know, similar to the parable with the talents, the one, the last one who was unfaithful, and God says, take it away and give it to the one who has ten. You're like, why? He already has ten. Why give him even more? But it it, it actually makes sense if you think about it. There's a This is a one commentator, he says that this passage lays down the universal law that the man who has will get more and the man that has not will lose what he has. For example, if a man is physically fit and he keeps himself that way by going to the gym and working out and watching what he eats and keeping himself fit, his body will be ready for even greater efforts. You say, hey, can you come help me? i got to chop down ten trees. And you've been working out and you're physically fit. You're ready for the work. You're even ready for more. He says, if he lets himself go flabby, he will lose even the ability he has. And we know this to be true. Those of you who've gone flabby. Present company, or myself included. Things that you could do before, now it's more difficult for you to do. And it's not just because you're older. It's because you're heavier. It's harder. You're not as fit as you used to be. So you understand that. If you're fit, you can do even more things. And if you let yourself go, well, what you used to could do, you can't even do that now. Right? Even what he thinks he has will be taken away. You can understand that. Or as a student, right? The more, I, I tell people this who want to go, who are not sure if they want to go to college or not. Or what's the whole point of the education system? Why do we have to take 72 general classes before we can graduate? One about every single subject. Is that really valuable? Am I going to remember what I learned in that six-month period in that class that I took one time 20 years ago? No, but you're learning how to learn. You're learning from different teachers at different times of the day. You're learning how to manage your schedule. You're learning how to bring information in. And if you've ever been in a period of great learning, the more you learn, the more you actually are able to learn. Have you noticed this? And when you stop studying and then try to learn something again later, it's actually very difficult. You're like, I don't know how I did that in the past. Well, in the past, we were exercising our learning muscles, and they were ready to learn even more. But if we refuse to go on learning, well, then the knowledge that we have, we, we even lose that. And this commentator says, there's no standing still in life. All the time, we're either going forward or going back. 
The seeker, the scripture says, the seeker finds. But the man who stops seeking will lose even what he has. Matthew Henry talked about this. There are many very needful and excellent rules and cautions for hearing the word. In the parable of the sower and the application of it. Happy are we and forever indebted to free grace if the same thing that is a parable to others with which they are only amused is a plain truth to us by which we are taught and governed. We ought to take heed of the things that hinder our profiting by the word we hear, to take heed lest we hear carelessly and slightly lest we entertain prejudices against the word we hear and to take heed to our spirits after we have heard the word, lest we lose what we have gained. We don't do this in our church, but it wouldn't be a bad idea. But I know many churches that do, that when they have their midweek Bible study, they actually study the thing that the pastor just preached the previous Sunday. They're thinking about it more, putting it deeply inside, making sure they're not thinking about it shallow in a shallow way, but in a depthful way. Matthew Henry goes on. The gifts we have will be continued to us or not as we use them for the glory of God and for the good of our brethren. Is it? nor is it enough not to hold the truth in unrighteousness. We should desire to hold forth the word of life and to shine, giving light to all around. Great encouragement is given to those who prove themselves faithful hearers of the word by being doers of the word. We, we learned this recently in James. We were reminded of it, right? It's not enough just to hear it and to go, oh, it's a good idea. It's, that's not enough. Wisdom is proved right by her actions. James says that again. Don't, don't do that. Don't just listen to it. Do it. The point is not to hear it. The point is to do it. When we hear this parable about sowers, you know, some people try to say that all these are Christians in this parable, and I disagree completely. They'll say, well, that, that explains how people can believe in Christ for salvation, but reject his day-to-day -day lordship. They had shallow faith, but it was still faith. I disagree. In, in the passage, the first three are left unsaved. The seed that finds the good soil is the, are the ones who are saved. And Jesus, again, listen, take care how you hear. Take care how you hear. Is the devil at work in the world? He is. But is it his fault that you're not paying attention? I mean... Satan definitely brings temptations in the world, and demons definitely bring temptations. But as we learned this morning, you've got plenty in you. You don't, you don't have to have outside influence. 
Does outside influence help? No, it does not. If it's evil influence. But even in the absence of it, you'll still sin. All by yourself with the treasure, quote, that's inside. And so how will you hear? When you hear Jesus say, riches and cares of this world, they choke faith. Do you listen deeply and say, man, I need to watch out for that. I need to examine my life right now and think, am I being choked by the thorns? Is my faith weak because of these things that Jesus told me to listen closely? Does your faith wither when trials come and you feel discouraged and just say, never mind? Are you listening to what Jesus said? Be careful. Don't have that kind of faith. Shallow faith. They believe for a while and in a time of testing fall away. When I was in Thailand for Isaac's birth, actually, in 2009, there was a man there who was from Britain. And I gave him a copy of the 1689 because he had never seen it before. He was a Methodist. And after a couple of days, he came to me and he said, I have a question about something in there. There's a section that speaks about temporary believers. What does that mean? He said, I didn't think there was such a thing. Once you believe, you're in. No matter what happens after that. And I explained this passage to him. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away and prove that the faith was, it was surface. surface faith and you scratch on a little bit like oh yeah there's no faith there actually my kids recently went to the dentist and one of them had a cavity but that was just able to be scratched off it wasn't deep you get the point their faith is too shallow well when I tell you that are you being careful how you hear are you listening? Are you saying, is my faith shallow? And if you answer by the Spirit of God in your heart, it is shallow. Okay, well, how can we work on this? Or will you say, yes, that is, my faith is shallow, and then leave unchanged? Because if you do that, I will say that you're not obeying Jesus' admonition to take care how you hear and to put it into practice. And th those things are negative, but let me say positive. Jesus said, some fell unto good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. Is that, is that a fruitful? Was that work? Was that seed? Fruitful? Very fruitful. It multiplied exponentially. Those who hear the word of God and believe it, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, bear fruit with patience, they're fruitful. How fruitful? Very fruitful. You remember this 
Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And there was a reason for you to bear fruit. How much? Much fruit, the text says. 30, 60, 100 fold. If you are a disciple of Jesus, his plan, you want to know God's will for your life? That you bear fruit. He's appointed that we would bear fruit and glorify his name. And if you say, well, I'm not bearing any fruit. Well, why not? Did the seed fall on the shallow ground? Are the thorns choking it out? Are you being tempted by evil? Well, let me encourage you to hear in a different way than you've heard before. The ones who are fruitful, they hear the word, they hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. May God help us. May God do what we're struggling to do by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for these people that you've brought together. You've gathered us, Lord, from the various corners of the Metroplex, that we might join together, that we might praise your name publicly, that we might offer prayers. We know that we wouldn't be able to come before you without Jesus. We thank you for that. We thank you for sending your Son and loving us so much that you gave your son that we might be forgiven, that we might be fruitful. Please bless us, Lord. Bless us this afternoon as we have communion. We pray that we would eat and drink in a worthy manner and that our faith would be strengthened. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.